the Rikishi Fatu Off the Top Podcast. Let's go. Rikishi Fatu, all y'all ready? We the ones. It's 2024. Keep it locked on the Rikishi Fatu Podcast. Off the top. We gonna talk about everything. Everything wrestling, everything hip-hop. Keep it locked. It's time to smarten up. All right, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of the Rikishi Off the Top Podcast. And today, man, listen, it's been a wonderful day here. Obviously, it's been, you know, kind of, you know, a little bit of uh, raining and just the, the day just kind of felt like that type of day where I just needed to come in here and just talk about some stuff. But while I was at home, I got a text from a friend of mine, one of my students back in the day, I like to call him one of my nephews. Uh, he's been with me since the doors are open to Knox Pro well over 17 years. And this is my man, Joey Gayton, known to the wrestling world. Uh, he's one of my students, and he's been performing uh, all out in the independent. TMD is in the house. Welcome, Joey. Man, thank you, well, sir. <laughs> thank you, Keish. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my show, man. Uh, th- we were just on a fly here when... Hey, and you know what? One, uh, one of your number one lessons that you teach people yeah. is how to adapt. And today, honestly, I just came to say hello. And yeah. now I'm on your podcast. So it's like you have to be able to adapt if you want to be around Kishi Fatu, like you got to yeah. be able to adapt because he's going to put you on his podcast and put you in the hot seat. Right. So you better be uh, be able to learn how to adapt. I'm sorry, we gonna adapt right now. So yeah, obviously we have a little bit of damn. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, difficult. Yeah, we still we still trying to plug shit up in yeah. here. But, it's okay. I remember but, one of the first shows yeah. we did in Pacifica together. Yeah, you, during your uh, entrance, uh, it, yeah. it, the sound went off, and it was my first time I think ever DJing your entrance music, yeah. and the song goes off. Or is this in, in the Bay you, Area? Yes, sir. In Pacifica. Oh, uh, you know that's where all my family members are. Yes, sir. Are. Yes, sir. Yeah, and you didn't miss a beat. Like you yeah. kept walking. But the way you look back at the production table, like, you know, it was like that death stare. Uh-huh. But you you went in, and the crowd was so hot. This is in Pacifica. This is like mm-hmm. 2011, 2012. And they were on fire to see you, and the, right. the music just stops. And I'm behind, I'm the DJ, but you just kept... You kept it moving. You adapted. Okay. You didn't let that throw you off. Walked yeah. in, and then everybody forgot about it, and the match went on. Just like, if, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing planes going by, you know, again, we out here in Van Nuys, California, <laughs> and Knox Pro Entertainment Academy. But, yeah, you know, that that was that look like, Joey, don't you mess up my damn music out here. Yes, I got nothing but a whole bunch of Samoans and family members out here. There bro. was like 800 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Plus, just the immediate family. That's right? just the immediate family. All right, so... But listen, man, what's been happening with you? I mean, how, how you been? Uh, I've, I've been okay. Yeah. I've, I've been busy. Um, I'm, I'm in a tag team, as you know, uh, called the Rock and Rodeo Express okay. with one of your other former students. Yeah. Uh, Hillbilly. Uh, Hillbilly. Shout out to Hillbilly. Yes, Come sir. see me. Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, we've been really busy uh, just going uh, all over California, yeah. Nor- Northern California, Central Good. California, Southern California here. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on top of that. You know, I'm still doing the acting, uh, still Good. DJing, still doing weddings. Um, and as I told you, you know, I'm getting married myself. I'm getting hey, married this man. year. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you very I, much. I, I better get my invitation you now. You got it. Oh, you got yeah. it. You got it. It's there. Um, you know, so doing that, you know, being a, being a fiance. And um, I'm getting into production, still doing music video productions. Good, I, I, I produced a few commercials. Damn. And, and, you know, that, that's another thing. Uh, you got to learn, you know, not just to be good at one thing. You got to do a few different things. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've always kind of had my hand in different pots. 
So on top of the acting, you know, on top of the producing, you know, I'm also working swap meets now too. So, you know, if right you ever on. show up to the swap meet, you ever need a good deal on some uh, Funko Pops, you know you to come see. <laughs> Speaking of Funko Pops, hey, hey, ladies I, and gentlemen, finally, man, come on finally. now. The Funko Pop heard around the man. world. Rikishi Dude, has that, got his first Funko Pop. That's been two years in the making. How really. did that come about? Well, it started with, you know, WWE also, oh, you know, of course I got to you know, hit them up as well. But, you know, they, they they got, you know, with Funko, and, you know, I guess it's a long list of people who that, you know, they got set up to get their Funko Pops. But damn it, you know, I, I've never really, since I've been doing a lot of these Comic-Cons, that's all I had my fans ask for, was when are you going to get your Funko Pop? So I turn around and I reached out to the office, hey, you know, when can I get a Funko Pop? Is it possible? Blah, blah, blah. And out of the blues, you know, they said they we're working on it. And, you know, two years later, here I am. So this is, man, I'm like a kid in a candy store, man. And not only the Funko you Pop, know, you got a few other figures in the line, too. Well, there's a whole bunch of other figures that are out there. Uh, you can get them, you know, out there on uh, uh, Targets. Okay. Right? Or Walmart. Uh, and they, they fly out quick. They don't, every time I'm doing a lot of my autograph, a lot of fans will say, man, we went to the stores, but... We couldn't find yours. I said, well, that's how quick the big bad booty man's uh, action figures fly off the shelf. I'm backing it up. You I'm better not be it slacking on your Mac, and you better, yeah. you better get that figure. That's it. I'm backing it out out of the shelf. So, Do you remember that figure yeah. you had back in the day in the 90s? Uh, Which one? The one with the Hawaiian shirt? Yeah. You remember yeah. that figure? So that shirt there, that's one of my special uh, sentimental figures. The only time I wore that, and I've, I've never talked about this, Joey. Uh, the only time I wore that shirt was on a Monday Night Raw where me and Rock uh, did a promo together. It was running that angle. But uh, on my way to the building, I believe that was Madison Square Garden. On my way to the building, uh, I just found out that Yoko had passed away. And so if you go back and you look up on YouTube and you, you'll see that match right there with me wearing that uh, blue Hawaiian shirt. You'll see, like, you know, my eyes were just bloodshot red. And it was for me just, you know, you know, my mind was, was somewhere else. You know, I just lost my best friend, my, you know, the cousin that, you know, brother from another mother, man. I couldn't believe that this guy was gone, you know, that this news. And so, you know, we train in professional wrestling. When you go out there, you just learn to adapt. You know, try to, you know, get your points across and and get through the segment. And so I word that not knowing that years later they were going to make an action figure of me in that shirt. So to this day, that was the only time I word that shirt. That shirt and that action figure is now framed up and it's up in the, you know, in the family wall where it'll always stay there. That's probably something that's uh, that I'll never, ever get rid of. Yes, sir. Yeah. Little TMD had that action figure. That's how I know all about it. It was sitting there at the top of my mind. Mm. That was an awesome uh, figure. Um, That's and, old and school. What a long way, not only yourself, but your family has come since you cut that promo against The Rock about how the family was being held down. And here mm -hmm. we are, fast forward, 
20, 30 years, and your family is the biggest thing in professional wrestling for the last two years, I believe. Three years. Three years, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, don't get hot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Three years. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I, as the young, I'm, I'm 45, so as yeah. the younger kids say, mm. people get their flowers. The Fatu Anawai'i family mm. is getting their flowers in the last three years. You guys are the hottest. Your children um uh are are and and um uh, nephews are are like the biggest storyline and has kept the WWE afloat mm. and now net WWE is on Netflix man how what, big what? is that of uh, what uh, was it five to ten billion dollars big big power move for the next 10 years your it, family it, had a lot to get uh that deal going into where it's at today. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very proud of the boys. Uh, you know, we we the bloodline or you know the dynasty family, past, present, and the future, has been with you know WWE for well over seventy five years. So we understand what it is to be in there and, and be a part of this family. Um, you know, the, you know when we go in there, it's always, I think what's passed down is the passion. Uh, to be able to go in there and do your part, you know, as a company player, as a company, you know, a student of the game. But, you know, when you come from this family here, you're already prepped up way before you get there. You know, the thing that we as wrestlers, I can say this for all of us, you know, whether you're in the bloodline or not, is to learn how to survive these, uh, you know, these uh, bookings every day. That, you know, no matter how good you are, Joey, you and I know, you know, as we train here at Knoxport Academy, that no matter ring, how good you are, that ring, it wins every that night. three-quarter plywood and the steel pole, they win every night. So as a father, as a cousin, as an uncle, a mentor, whatever, it's like I'm always, you know, I watch to see that match and some of my friends that I know just to see how they're holding up, you know. But, yeah, you know, the numbers don't lie. Or we talk about the bloodline. You know, one of the top viewers that was viewed on a pay-per-view. And we had The Rock come back. He damn near blew up the internet, you know, viewers and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm very proud to be a part of this uh, this legacy. And, and, and yeah. you know, uh, I've seen some uh, stuff out there. Um, you know, spe speaking of the legacy, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, you know, Bret the Hitman Hart. In, hey. his, in his autobiography, <laughs> he, he talks about your family and how you guys are the most mm. natural workers. And anybody who watches yeah. and studies professional wrestling knows that the Samoans, they are, uh, it's natural. It's like, gifted. It's like water off a duck's back. It's just gifted, you know, just something that's, you know, we, we, we've been around it all our lives, but before coming into it, you know, we've been ath uh, athletes. You know, when you're back home, you're playing rugby without, without shoulder pads. Then you're playing cricket. You know, we're playing basketball. Uh, you know, you're out there uh, uh, bas uh, basketball playing with, you know, guys like Yoko. You wonder, like, how does this big 600-pound guy can move like this? But these are all things that we've always been active. And then when it finally came into professional wrestling, we had a hard time because being athletic, we had to try to channel in how to be athletic, but theatrical movement, uh, psychology movement in the squared circle, when to do that move, when not to do that move. And so it took a minute for us with our uncles, Alfonsica, 
to really teach us the psychology of the squared circle. When you first started, did I, I'm I'm all yeah. asking you questions like yeah. it's my podcast. I'm sorry. No, nah, but, but, but there's so many things I want chopping it up. There's so know? many things I want to ask you. Yeah. Um, when when you first started, that's why I got you, honey. I knew you was gonna ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things that you know because yeah. there's just a lot going on in the in the professional uh, mm-hmm. wrestling world that um, you've had a part of building, and um, I I know in the early days wrestling was a lot different. Yeah. Um, was, was there anybody in when you first started training? And I know you have a, you have a lot of history in Texas as well, mm-hmm. the Freebirds, and um, you were managed by Oliver, Oliver Humperdinck, right? Oliver Humperdinck. Oh, well, back then, yes, sir. It was uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck and Buddy Roberts, the Freebird. So people, yeah. <laughs> God, this is this is gold. Yeah. This is gold. Back then, when when you first started out and you were really really new to the business, did anybody ever really try you? Like, did anybody ever really? Try to uh, take advantage yeah. of you, or, or well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, let me let me tap on because my first first uh, territory would have to be uh, Texas in Dallas, Texas. You know, uh, um, when we uh, first came there, I was I was trained, but I was also green, and I was with my cousin Samu, and I was actually working a. I was uh, working at Safeway, you know, I was a courtesy clerk and uh, just turned 18 and so forth. And I'm like, you know, I'm bitching about this job, man. I said, damn, it's got to be something better for me, blah, blah, blah. So anyhow, when I got a chance to go out to Texas and I'm trying to bridge the gap here so we can, to answer your question, when I went out to Texas, I had no idea that the Von Erichs were the owners of uh, <laughs> World Championship Wrestling, right? All I knew is they said, well, you know, uh, that you're going to Texas or you're going to get on TV. This is my uncle. You and your cousin are going to get out there, go to work, and, uh, you know, start to build your brand. So, you know, WWE, WWF back in the day can see you or just any big company, WCW, blah, blah, blah. Because our goal was to get in there and to work with the big companies and make some money. So when I came down the first match, they threw us actually in there against the tag team, which was Kerry and Kevin. Now, when I first came through there, it was, you know, I watched this movie, the, the the Iron Claw that just came out. You know, big shout out to the family and so forth. But, man, it, it took me back. You know, it took me back to when I, the locker rooms and the sportatorium are walking through there. And now after I watched the movie, you know, that kind of, you know, solidified now. It's like, well, damn, that's why these fools were so damn stiff out there. They was on some type of other high. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? And the first time, like, you know, you know, when you first get in there, you're 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 an employee of the company and you don't wanna kinda get that heat for whatever, right? But when you're working against the boss's sons, it's like they're coming at you full throttle. And I'm like, man, are these cats here trying to take us out or what? But that was right up our alley. Cause coming from the Bay Area, we fought all our lives on the streets, right? And soon as that came, he hit me with a chair. I think it was Kevin that hit me with a chair, damn near knocked the senses out of me. Like, and out of the blues, here comes Big Sam. Sam moved. He came with a receipt. Boom! Hit Kevin with a chair, and here comes Kerry. And it was like, it was fun. You know, in a weird way, it was fun of us, like, potatoing each other. And then we'd get back. We said, well, shit, we're going to get fired now for bringing it to the boss's sons. 
by the time we get down to both of them, good match, man. That was a good match. <laughs> we'll do it again. Uh, they walked away. I'm looking at Samuel. Like, what the fuck that just happened here, man? <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd have to be those dudes probably being a youngster at 18, 19 years old. I was tested right then and there. Wow, and by the Von Erics. Wow. By the Von Erics. And you know what, man? They, they were good dudes, man. You know, that you know, watching the movie after, man, big shout out to the whole crew and you know, Chavo was in there uh, yes, he, uh, uh working yeah. working yeah. with a lot of the actors there. Mm-hmm. And it's so good to finally, you know, in the movie industry that, you know, the feedback he got back from those guys that he was training to take bumps and, you know, go over their matches, you know, they gotta found new respect for the boys of what we go through. Yes, you know, so it was so good to hear that from uh uh, some of the actors that were in the movies. So. Uh, what did you think? Okay, so what did you think? Who was the best casting in the Iron Claw movie? Who would you say was like, wow, that's dead on, like the person? Man, that was hard for me. I, I thought the guy that was, uh, I don't know the gentleman's name, but the guy that was uh, the star of the movie. Okay, that's Kevin? Zach Efron. Okay, he's playing Kevin Von Erich. I thought Zach could have been Carrie. Everybody says that because of the size and the, and yeah. the ripness. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, as many as the worst I thought was the Ric Flair character. Well, that's I, I was getting to that. I was uh, getting to that. I mean, come on. I I have uh, cousins who are not in the wrestling business yeah. who can do better Ric Flair impersonations. And I'm not. Man. We're not drinking the Haterade. Mm-hmm. Um, Kishi Fatu, I'm sure he knows uh, and dealt with Ric Flair. I've been a fan of Ric Flair mm-hmm. my whole life, and just watching that. I'm like, they, that was a very uh, odd casting because I felt they could have done a very much better job mm. casting Ric Flair. But you know who I thought they did really good with? Who's that? Fritz Von Erich. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah he said. Right? Absolutely. I, I thought he nailed it. And and, and then also, they the, the movie excluded one mm. Von Erich brother. They didn't involve uh, Mike Von The young Eric. one. Mike Von Erich. Was it uh, Mike or Chris? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Chris. It was... Uh, the, the baby. Um, Yes. The, it was the baby, the youngest one. Right. Um, he, he was the one that we worked with him. Man, they threw him, they threw that kid in the ring, I guess, when he was 15 years old in the sportatorium. We were there when that, when that happened, you know. And, you know, knowing, uh, you know, from the stories from behind, uh, uh, assuming with the movie and so forth, you know, not to dig into the personal family issues. But you can imagine a young kid like that idolized all his big brothers. You know, so, you know, and, uh, you know, all we knew that something happened to him and passed away, you know, and didn't ask anymore. It's really none of our business and just, you know, but as we see, you know, firsthand being at the sportatorium, this kid was in the back of the locker rooms. Man, he idolized his big brothers very so much, man. I think, you know, to a point to where he wanted to be like them, you know. So, you know, till this day, I... I you know, I, I don't know, you know, what exactly happened to the kid, you know, and that's one of my main reasons was to watch the movie was because I wanted to see, you know, maybe they would, you know, possibly throw something out there, you know, about about the brothers, you know, about the young kid uh, by the name of Chris, you know, so, but yeah, they, they did they did a, a, a great job on the movie. Right. I yeah. felt, you know, just uh, this so much other movies that we can see now. I mean, how about movies for uh, the Guerrero family? How about a movie for the Hart dynasty? Yes. You know, shout out to Brett and that crew, uh, Owen Hart and David Boy Smith and, you know, Natalia and all those cats, you know. And then we'd have to come last with a Samoan dynasty movie because our movie would be hectic. 
<laughs> it would yep. probably be it would probably be like Fridays. Um, uh, something came up the other day of the greatest family in in, in uh, professional wrestling, and it said the Rhodes. It said Dusty Rhodes, oh, yeah. Cody Rhodes. Shout out to the Rhodes and yeah. uh, Dustin Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not being biased, yeah, because um, because I'm trained in Ox Prone. I know you, and I know the family. I'm not being biased, but I, I kind of I was like, yes, yeah. they're they're awesome. But if you think about it, the Fatu Anawaii family is is right is not neck and neck it's it's leading the way because the legacy your family has in this building in this uh industry is is yeah. uh strong and, and it's not going any anywhere anytime soon um i i gotta uh back up a little bit uh we, we were talking about the tko and uh yeah. the, the wwe merger with ufc yeah <clears throat> when you first started out if uh Bare knuckle fighting was an option. Yeah, would you have done it? Um, you know what? I I probably would have, uh, because at that time, if we're talking about a young kid, uh, you know, having to do what he has to do to take care of his family, uh, you know, that's been my my documentary for WWE. That's been my, you know, my my why, you know, for all these years. But yeah, I you know, no doubt, you know, I think it would have fit right up our alley, you know. Only difference is we're knocking people out for reals now and getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Versus potatoing somebody with a chair and say, oops, sorry, Joey. Yeah, right. You know, like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, th- this year, especially with the merge of all that with the WWE that's happening right now, it's it's good for a lot of you students now. If you're out there listening, you know, throughout the world to this podcast, you know, t- take advantage and, and find out things like this. You know, continue to you know to train, uh, continue to uh, to do your perfect your craft, to understand it because WWE professional wrestling, it's always go- it's never going to go anywhere. It's never it's just going to merge with other people and different uh, deals like you know uh, MMA and blah blah blah. Who name who knows? It might be out with celebrity boxing, you know, a wrestler versus whoever. But it's always going to be out there. So. A lot of the kids, like, it's not, you know, I always say this for the opportunity, what you guys have today is different from what we have, what we had. You know, we had was just limited. Now you guys have so much other options now. You know? Absolutely. Um, I, I remember uh, we were talking, <clears throat> while you were talking, I remembered something. Uh, another. I'm sorry, another story about Bret Hart. Um, I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about ribs for a second. Um, <laughs> if this is the one where I'm talking about the after party. Yes. Oh, you've <laughs> talked about this? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, but great. But since you want to bring good, it up. Good, okay, okay, good. Because it's one of my most embarrassing <laughs> moments ever. Um, and I want to talk to you about ribs in the business, but yeah. uh, we'll start off with uh, one of the biggest ribs ever pulled on me by Keisha. So I'm a big Bret Hart fan, and this is when uh, Keisha... Boy, got, is he a big Bret Hart fan. This is when Keisha got inducted to the Hall of Fame. And uh, there was an after party. This is in Santa Clara. This is, mm-hmm. what, 2014? It's a 15. 2015. Yeah. And uh, this after party... Uh, we was lit now. Everybody was there. We was lit. If you were a wrestling fan, like you're, you're, you're yeah. going crazy. You're, it's overload. It's too much. It, it's too you, much. You had no idea you was going to the after party. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I, I had to grab a wristband from Kishi, but I got in there. I got in there. Yeah. And uh, at the table, you're you're talking to Bret Hart. Yeah. And then Steve Lombardi comes by, Brooklyn Brawler, and then uh, uh, David's there, Gangrel. So it's Gangrel, mm-hmm. Bret Hart, Steve Lombardi, and Kishi, Uh-oh. and Kishi. 
sees me trying to get noticed because I'm hoping because he's my trainer, he'll go, hey, hey, yo, Brett, yo, Brett, come here, Brett, this is my student over here. This is a TMD, come on over. I thought he was going to do that. So I, 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 I'm trying to get noticed. I am. I am. So I start fixing I, napkins. I can see Joey a mile away. Just, I start fix. I don't know why I start fixing the tables. I don't work there. I'm just a guest. And then he goes, Joey. Come here. Come on over here. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. He's going to put me over this to Bret Hart. He's going to connect me to Bret Hart. Bret Hart's going to know I'm a student. It's going to be all good. So he goes, Joey, come here. And I come right there, and Bret Hart's right here, and he goes, take a picture of me and Bret. <laughs> hey, go get us some beers. Oh, God, I was so hurt. I was so hurt. But anyways, uh, 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 but you did end up getting a picture, and, and I caught yes, sir, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But I, I caused that on, on myself. But speaking of ribs, I mean, man, you 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 travel with the best of them. Who would you say was the most hardcore ribber? There's stories, of course, of oh, Kurt Henning, Owen Hart, Davy Boy Smith. But you were there; you lived it. Who would you say was like like man? The, the ribs were a little like there's like. This style ribs, that the rib you pulled on me, yeah. but then there's like, come on now, the the the, the big big ribs, right? I, I I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to uh, say Owen Hart was my favorite, is because Owen, you know, he was a funny ribber, you know, he would he would do things like <laughs> stuff that doesn't cost anybody money, but he would do things as as we're coming out on the house show. On a house show, a lot of boys, you can relax a little bit. It's not TV, SmackDown, Raw, so, you know, the guys are kind of just relaxed. So guys would come out for their, for their, uh, to their match, their ring intro music, bam, it's going off, and all of a sudden, the guy comes out the curtain, he's all fired up, and unplugs the, unplugs the audio to the, <laughs> to the <piss. laughs> Of course, right off the back, everybody... Oh. Where's Owen? Where's Owen? Oh, you know? man. And then it come back, the guy, whoever was going out there, the guy come, Owen, did you do that? Owen's just sitting there with peacefully. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I was over here, right? Right? Right, Davey Boy? I was there, Davey Boy. Yeah, yeah, he was right here. <laughs> he wasn't out there. But he was such a, one of my favorite ribbers because there's different type of ribs. There's ribs where, you know, I'm not going to say no names, but... You know, one cat came into the locker room back in the day. You wasn't allowed to film anything. And so he would just, like, video record us talking about whatever, talking about matches, whatever the case may be. But that was a no-no back in the day. So this was a, a time during up there in uh, upstate New York. It was February. It was snowing, cold. And the boys, we would all travel together, like, in, in, in uh, you know, carpooling. So it would be, like, five Cadillacs rolling. And all of a sudden, we see one car in the front. It'll just pull over, and we'd slow down. Cars open in the back seat. The front door opens. Somebody grabbed another person, threw him outside the car in the snow. <laughs> Open the trunk, grabbed the trunk, threw his bags out there, closed the door, boom. We just took off, and we left. And then by the time we got there, we you know, kind of find out what happened. Man, I said, this fool, he has been filming. He's been filming the whole tour since we've been. Nobody even knew he was filming. Now, I ain't going to throw no names out there. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll come to you sooner or later. You know, but this <laughs> happened 20-something years ago. Wow. You know I mean? This was for, before Instagram, before TikTok, right, right. before all this, the new generation. Now, it's, you know, go figure. It's cool to go ahead and film stuff. 
from the locker room, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the ribs of that would have to be. And then probably the OG of the ribs. Can I guess? Go ahead. Mr. Fuji. 100%. <laughs> you very, very funny boy. <laughs> you good, good, good boy. Uh, the ribs of Uncle. Now, I'll, I'll just put one rib up. Uh, story. So his uh, his rib that for all the guys that were there must have been, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe eight wrestlers, my uncles included. And uh, they told me this story. I wasn't actually there, but... Fuji's uh, had a German Shepherd. <laughs> I already know this. So this German Shepherd had passed away, right? So the German Shepherd passed away, and then, you know, a lot of the boys came over, you know, back in the days when any free meal is a good meal for the wrestlers. You weren't making that much money back in the day. So the fans and so forth, or the boys, were your go-to. You know, if you needed a place to shack or lay down, you'd lay your head down, you'd go to the boys or some of the fans. And so... You know, they would all get together, and uh, one day, you know, they're all sitting on the table, and here comes the barbecue. So the barbecue comes, you know, they all sat down and eating the barbecue, a lot of, oh, man, it's delicious, blah, 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 blah. Well, by the time they all got through eating, it was Fuji's German Shepherd. <laughs> a lot of the guys then just kind of just, you know, kind of sold it. Some no-sold it, some got hot, some sold it, like start throwing up and so forth. But you can imagine after Uncle served that and made the announcement, you hear kind of picture that evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys, don't ever rip Uncle Fuji. <laughs> and that's that was my 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 uh uh, went off in my head that ever, 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 I'm around Uncle Fuji, I will never, ever even think about trying to rip him, you know. And so I was always on my A game when we used to travel together with Yoko and Fuji, because I was the driver, you know. I, I was, I, I think I was the Fatu make a difference, so I wasn't doing too well in the business. But, but I'm sitting with the champ and Uncle Fuji, and you know they was they was rolling high. I mean, making some serious, serious bank, you know. And so I would be the driver, and, you know, wherever he went to sleep, I was sleeping because they would check in these $200, uh, $300 hotels are expensive. Mm -hmm. And when you in the mid-card, you ain't, mm -hmm. you you motel eighting it. <laughs> you know, you motel six at night, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you're driving for these cats, yeah, it's like, shit, the couch is better than the mid uh, motel six for me. And so I would be with those cats, and, man, Every time Uncle Fuji, you know, they, we get in the car, both both of them, I, I feel they both had sleep apnea. Because when we get in the car, snore. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and you see Uncle in the back because you can see the rearview mirror. Uh. But his bald head is kind of just leaning to the left side, and then all of a sudden, out the blues, he wake up. Ah, ah, junior son, junior son. Uh, how long we got? Uh, pull over, looks for some Chinese food. Uh, Uncle hungry, Uncle hungry. <laughs> and this is after four hours, right? None of them sit up, keep me company, and they wake up, they want to go eat Chinese food. So we would find a Chinese restaurant, right? No Google. We had to look 
look, remember those big ass maps? Yes. Those huge uh, maps uh, I'm talking about. The whole about? country, the whole yeah. United States, you pull it out. Yeah. <laughs> so just, you imagine trying to find like, okay, we know where we at here, but trying to find like where's a, so we would just get to the town and drive around till we find a, find uh, a Chinese restaurant. Uncle Fuji's favorite soup would always be, uh, can I please have a uh, wonton soup, steamy hot with a lot of scallions, a lot of scallions. Yoko would say, just bring me, bring me the big bowl of wonton. And so we would sit there and just have this meal with these cats. Now, after we have our meal, now we headed to the, uh, to the building. So we would get to the building. It would be so early. That's the one thing I hate driving with them was because if the call time on the house show was 6, these guys would want to get there by 4. And I didn't understand why. Why do I got to get there at 4? I'm not on until 7 o'clock and 3 hours at the building. But I realized that they were so wanted to take their time to prep up. They had to get there, get their own. They didn't have a... They didn't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't take a room by themselves like a lot of the big stars, mm-hmm. right? They always wanted to dress with the boys, and that was one thing that I've always respected with Yoko and and uh, Uncle Harry was always like that. Uncle Fuji, like you know, when when you become that big champion, WWE caters to you and give you you know your own room, your own this that, but he would never do that. You know, he always wanted to, so he would get there. We would get there early so he can get the best spot in the locker room for the boys. And it had to be close by the shower, close by the bathroom where Yoko would sit because the boy didn't want to walk too far to go to. So I'm watching all this stuff. You know, and Uncle Fuji, Uncle walks like a penguin. <laughs> his knees are, bless his heart, mm-hmm. his knees were always on you know, just painful. It bothered him all the time, Joey. And so... He would, you know, dress, uh, sit across from Yoko, still same length to the restroom, to the shower, right? But sit across. So they never wanted to walk in late and make people move from their, from their you know, where they want right. to sit at. And so, you know, do that. And then Uncle would, you know, and I, I'm just bringing this up so you guys can kind of see what, what, you know, what I saw in the back locker room with the, you know, with Yoko and Fuji and, you know, Uncle would, you know, the hair of Yoko, how he had it up as a sumo, he didn't have regular, he had Uncle Fuji on the house shows. Uncle learned how to do right. all that. Yeah. You know, make sure that, like, in a way, you know, he really, well, he did, not in a way. He really did take care of Yoko. he stand up, Yoko, that diaper, mm-hmm. my goodness, that damn thing was like a mile long. <laughs> it was long, dude, right? And so he'd have to get it, Open it wide open, you know, tuck it up on the yoke. And then me and uh, me and Uncle uh, Uncle Fuji would kind of wrap this thing around him so he can, because on TV, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, you have women that can do that for him. Right. But when you're on the house shows, this is where the boys take care of the boys. Right, right. You know, so that's the reason why, you know, this guy here always wanted to get there early, like every house show. Wow. Would you say the Yokozuna, uh, your uh, cousin of uh, Yokozuna, did he have a huge influence on the Rikishi character? Oh, most definitely. Because you guys came out in the same, like, Yokozuna uh, dress, garment, or, or yeah. whatnot. And, 
you know what? Once again, like uh, during that time, Joey, it's like for me, you know, I'm at the end of the Sultan now, and my contract is up within ninety days. You know, uh, my mindset as far as okay, what's the next step? At this time, you know, being at home, I uh, put on about four hundred fifty pounds. And I was uh, out in Memphis, Tennessee with Jerry Lawler's uh, uh, company out there. And, and I ran into Kurt Angle. So Kurt's been down there training for a bit, you know, getting him ready. WWE had sent him down there and so forth. So, you know, I came in and I came in, I was uh, holding the strap. So they wanted me to drop the strap to Kurt Angle. So at the meantime, they send the office. Uh, Bruce Pritchard came down and and uh, watched me had the match. And, you know, I was feeling pretty good. You know, I was still moving like I was 280 pounds. I, you know, I stayed active. I gained weight, but I stayed active. And, you know, I was at the YMCA every day swimming and playing basketball, you know, a uh, little bit of racquetball here and there. Uh, but you can see I put on weight, you know. And so right after the match, you know, uh, working with Kurt, you know, I came back and uh, Bruce had pulled me over and said, hey, you know, Vince would like to talk to you, you know. And I'm thinking, well, hey, I got 90 days here. Must be about the contract. So I'm already figuring out, all right, this going to just, you know, pay me out and I'm good. I'll move on to the next. But, you know, the conversation came up, you know, like uh, he went up there and the conversation was to, you know, I've been wanting to do this idea, but I wanted to do it with your cousin, and uh, uh, but I wanted the with you. I wanted to do a full blown sumo where you're wearing a sumo gear. Now I'm listening to their idea. If anybody knows, when you're going to to WWE, you know, especially when you're trying to get a job, you kind of shut your mouth when the boss is talking, and you just listen of what is ideal. So. I'm just nodding my head. I didn't give him an answer. I'm just nodding with what his idea is. And in the back of my head, there's always this saying, if Vince comes up with an idea, he's going to guarantee to push that idea because that's his idea. And so when he talked about how he wanted to full-blown, your ass hangs out. That's how he's explained. So I want, you know, just, you know, to give you the, the real sumo where your butt is just hanging out. <laughs> You got the diaper on, and you know, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at him tell me this, you know, this character and how he's delivering it to me. I was like, damn, he like really passionate about me showing my ass. <laughs> so, be from the training, right? So the training, now, you always train to adapt, right, Joey? Yes, that's sir. What I yes, I, sir. In my mind, I'm like, okay, I went through all these characters. This was supposed to be the end of the line at the Sultan, but now I'm being thrown another opportunity. And it all comes back for me. It's like what I tell you kids all the time. You got to learn to perfect your craft in a squared circle first. If you do that, you can work any character, right? Which means you get a paycheck. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm already thinking about Rodney, Yoko, right? I said, well, shit, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, uh, feel like I'm, you know, redoing his character or not, you know? And so, you know, and then I thought about, okay, so I put him on ice. 
I, I said, you know what? It's a great idea. Thank you for the opportunities. Uh, but um, I just need to think about this for a minute. You know, so I knew I got 90 days on my contract left from Sultan. And so I went home. The only thing I was worried about was, number one, I didn't want to feel like I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, piggybacking off for Yoko. Sir, yeah. Yoko's respectfully deserve his own. You wanted to carve your yeah, own path. Carve my own yeah. path, exactly. Yeah. And and then you know to be at home with the family. You know to be at home with the family member. I wanted to make sure that, you know, my kids were still in high school and elementary, right? You don't want like you know I didn't want people like you know especially kids at school, to kind of have problems with my kids and you know talk shit about their father. You know, blah, 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 not understanding the industry, the business of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so I brought it and uh, I waited until I presented to the family where we're sitting on the, you know, get ready to eat dinner. So WWE, they had sent me the, these uh, artwork to show what the character oh. kind of would look like, you know. Uh, so when they sent it at first, it was black hair. Mm. You know, the, the sumo gear was flower. You know what I mean? The thong was flower. That's what you Too see. Too close to Yokozuna. Yeah. Well, that's where you see that that first picture that's out there. I did mm -hmm. a dark match for WWE, and it had like a pink sumo belt. The the thong, instead of all black, it was like the flower print, and you know it just didn't like it didn't feel like it was the real deal, and so you know I brought it up to the to the boys and uh, the family, and you know they were young, and soon as they're like you know we're okay. The rest for me now, like I said, now this might be a rip, <laughs> but I guarantee you I'm going to make this shit work. And I had already knew from the time being that, you know, this this thing here can either turn for the worst of my career or it can, you know, be the best that I've ever done besides winning the belts for with the head shrinkers. And, uh, you know, uh, so we did a couple twists. And instead of having the hair black, I wanted to dye it blonde. Now we're separate from Yoko, right? But then I wanted to be, instead of that vicious sumo killer, I want to be that entertainer. As soon as it's done, this big key should bust a move. I'm the happy-go-lucky. So I, I wanted to go left from everything what the sumos do, which would make me stand out on my own. Right, and then that brought you to Too Cool. Right. Um, uh, right. Yeah, I remember um, they paired you up with Too Cool, and that's the where the, the character exploded. That's Dude, where he started breaking. When we dancing. came out, we came out. They, you know, back in the day, they, before Monday Night Raw, they had dark matches, which was Sunday Night Heat, I believe it was. So they put us together, and we went out there. Dude, when we came out there, people didn't know how to react. But soon as the finish was over, Banzai, one, two, three, and then we did the dance. Oh, it went to another level. And then when they brought out the glasses, that that's where the crowd really got into it. And then y'all did the, uh, and, the, the... And you know, we came up with that. This is uh, for you guys that are out there listening to this podcast for wrestling, right? So this is how your, your, our mentality was. That when we knew we heard the pop, we knew we was on to something. And so we automatically start creating gimmicks. What can we add to the act? Like we came out with the bucket hats. We came out with the yellow glasses. We came out with the wristbands. We came out with the chains because we knew the more merchandise we put out there, 
the more it sells, the more we going to make bank. Domino effect. Got it? Yes, sir. Um, before, I want to ask you uh, about Brian uh, Christopher and Scotty uh, to Hottie. But before we do that, I want to ask yeah. you really quick about yeah. the end of your run as a Sultan. Yeah, you had uh, the Iron Sheik as your manager, right? Yeah. Can we get yes, one Sheiky baby? Can we get uh, Can we get one Sheiky baby song uh, story? Please? Oh my goodness! You know, uh, I, I I learned a lot from Sheik and Bob Backman with the Sultan character. They really help, uh, especially Sheik. He really helped me try to dig into the Middle Eastern culture. You know, uh, uh, he taught me a lot of, as far as the food and some of the, the moves to be able to do in the ring and so forth. And I, I, I really took that character seriously. You know, that for me, Joey, I mean, you know, I had to be, I was very, very happy when I got an opportunity with the new character besides being an Islander. Because now it like tests my skills. I was always that, you know, to be able to test my skills. Like, can I make this character really come alive? And when I found out I was teamed up with Sheik, well, I had to live and and be like in the mind of Sheik. So we would travel together and we would turn me on to, you know, Mediterranean food you know, the shish kebab and the lamb and the rice. This good for you, Baba. You eat and you eat this all and you go training, training. It's good for you, Baba. I say, yes, she, yes. She. And, you know, I've been in business for a minute. But just because I know, number one, how close uh, Iron Sheik is to my uncle's Alpha and Sika. And I was a kid when he used to come to the house. Wow. I was blessed to be able to have him as my manager. And I more so looked at him like, a close friend than the manager because I really wanted to make him proud. I really wanted to make the culture proud of, you know, if I can fool the people enough to, you know, like I'm from this, you know, from the Middle Eastern. And so, you know, he would, we were still, <laughs> we were still staying in Motel 8 and Motel 6, probably nights in hotels. And he used to like those hotels because he used to like, driving our car up to the uh, front of the room and because we'd have our stuff in the room, at least if we hear somebody try to break in, we're right there. And so, you know, of course, we all had our own rooms and it's about six in the morning. I would hear somebody outside. And I'm like, what the hell? And so I would open the door and I would look outside and I would see (laughs) Sheik with his wrestling tights, a beanie, but he'd have one of those rags up underneath his beanie. And then he's sitting there with his boots on, a case of beer to your right, cold. And he's sitting there working with those clubs, doing like 500 squats. Then he would do those clubs all the time. Not once have I ever seen him do a, uh, a sit-up. <laughs> And you would wow. see his his gut, right? Right. His gut was like Rock like an eight eight pack, a ten yeah, pack. Yeah. And I thought for a lot of that was had to be beer, but when you when he he used to always love you, you feel the abs, feel the abs, Baba. And when you touch his abs, man, that sucker was hard, Joey. Wow. And so you know he was, he loved he loved his weed, man. He before CBD was a health thing to the world today. 
shit. Iron Sheik was way ahead of it. I want to say Iron Sheik, Godfather, was way ahead of that. You know, and we'd always, I didn't smoke too much back in the day. But uh, I would always wonder, like, damn, when you guys smoke, don't you ever get paranoid? Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. going in front of the crowds, forget yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And it's, this is like, it's totally opposite. It made you relax. And so I understood why Uncle had to have his stuff. That was his thing. You pull over to the hotel, before we check in, he had to have his 12-pack of beer. He would take it to the hotel, fill up the uh, water, uh, the tub with ice. The ice was free at the hotel. Fill it up, put the case of beer in there. Genius. We, we go to work. We go to work. We when we come back, back. we stop by, get right. a bucket of fried chicken, uh, KFC. Now we go to the. So we never really wanted to go to other restaurants unless we were invited to go there to get a you know right. free meal. Right. And that's that's the life of the wrestlers back in the day. You, you had to do what you do to survive. And he was one of the ones that I've learned a lot from on the road, man. And then being, being with Bob Backlund, you got a straight edge guy and you got a guy that does it A to Z. <laughs> so you can imagine. Wow. Right? So yeah. we really never really rode with Bob. It was always me and Sheik, but we would meet uh, Bobby at, at the building or you know, whatever we're doing, the signing or whatever. Um, yeah, man. Big shout out to Iron Sheik, man. So, miss um, him, man. When you guys were doing, when Knox Pro was doing the Territory League, yeah. they brought Brian Christopher out. Yeah. And I got to spend some time with him. I got to know him. So, uh, you know, I got to experience Brian right. Christopher, who, who he is. That was good. I know you. You really cared about him. And I know you looked out for him the best you, you could. Yeah. Um, uh, man. That was my dog, man. Yes, I, I know. I know. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, what What is one of your fondest memories of Brian Christopher? When he stood up to Ric Flair. Overseas. Was in Australia? Uh, in Australia. For the, uh, for the Hulkamania I he, tour. I think he threw up or something on when we were downstairs. Remember the Hulkamania Wait a minute. Tour. I've heard about this story. Okay, so, so just okay. to give people context, yeah. uh, Knox Pro did a tour in Australia. It was called the Hulkamania tour. Knox Pro put it together. And uh, there was a, a an incident in, in the bar where Brian Christopher had gotten sick mm. and, he, and, and he threw up and Ric Flair came in and started kind of bossing people around, take it, take it from there. Yeah, so uh, Rick was there with his uh, wife at the time being downstairs. And, you know, we were, uh, I look up from upstairs uh, from the balcony where you can see downstairs and uh, you can see the bar. And I can hear Brian's ass out there. Just, you know, he's always loud and... And uh, if you didn't know him, you, you'd want to whoop his ass. But anyhow, he something had happened where he drank, you know, when Brian used to sit down, something about Long Island iced tea. <laughs> this was his go-to drink all the time. And, and he would, uh, uh, I guess he caught a buzz or something. He was down there with Gangrel David Kavika. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brian got up and, you know, he must have, you know, the stomach was feeling bad and threw up. So when he threw up, I think he threw up all over uh, Flair's shoes or something happened. And then uh, 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 Flair got hot. Flair was, you know, trying to get rid of you know, Brian and blah, 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 fuck this guy, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, really, it was an accident. You know, we all see now. I think Gangrel at that time was going to get get over there. It looked like he was going to check uh, Ric Flair. Now, here's the thing about it, you know. Because he wanted to try to get, uh, I think he wanted to try to get Brian fired or, you know, I'll get you guys, I'll get you out of here. But 
Well, you know, in the meantime, Brian knew, like, who was running the show, which was Knoxborough Entertainment. Because Knoxborough Entertainment, we're the ones that booked everybody there. So if anybody was going to get fired, the damn show wasn't going to be beat. Right. Brian, you know, or Kavika or David. And so it was one of those type of things, you know what I mean? It, it felt good. I'm sure if it was WWE or somebody else, I'm sure Brian probably would have got fired because of the the pull that, you know, Flair has in, into the office. But it, it was different, you know, when you when you running your own tours and you paying the ballers to come out there mm. to work for you, it's like the different part of you're on, a, you're on the opposite side now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it feels like, yeah, hey, you know, you calling the shots now. You know what I mean? Yep. So it was, it was that. It was a, at the end of the day, Brian threw up, misunderstanding, and Flair got all crazy about it. You know, and that's what the story was. Wow. True well, fact. You heard it here on the top rope, off the top rope. Yeah, uh, off the top. Off the top. We're coming straight off the top. Off so. the top. But just, so that's what it was, Joey. And, uh, you know, the the tour of Knoxville Entertainment, you know, uh, there's a lot of other stuff that uh, we've done and a lot of other stuff that we're getting ready to do. So I expect the fans to keep it locked on Knoxville. There's another question yeah. that's been on my mind. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to cut okay. you off, but I, I haven't seen you in a long time. So I know. That, this is not our last one we're going to do <laughs> I together. Know, I know, but there's You one, only live up the street. But <laughs> there's, yeah. there, there is one yeah. thing I've, I've okay. been wanting to ask you about. Okay. Um, we just going to give it all today. You know, um, you know, you got three sons in the WWE right now. Yeah, Jimmy, Jay, and Solo. So, Solo. Okay. Is he named, is his first name after you? Yeah, it was Joseph. Right. His first name is Joseph. Okay. And then his name, his middle name is Yokozuna. And then Fatu. But but Solo, uh, the name Solo, is, yeah. that, is that taken from your first name? No. Really? No. Oh, okay. Because my first name is Solofa. Right. So, so so me being knowing you yeah. and me seeing, you know, his action figure on the on the, on the shelf, yeah, I see yeah. Solo. I'm thinking maybe well, who knows? That's a good maybe maybe he did because that's why I'm he asking was the one I, I don't came know if that's up with out it. there. But I see yeah. Solo and I think he took that from your first mm. name. That's why I wanted to know. See, I got questions, Keisha. Okay, I got questions. okay. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and take credit for it. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of the boys, they're they're all doing good. How I'm proud are proud. you of your sons, man? Well, they are I mean, just on top of the business. They're just you know, it. just as a father, just as a father in in general, right? You know, you you trained your kids to you know you mold them through their whole lives and so forth. And, you know, as a parent, you always hope that they, you know, take the advice and, you know, they go down the right path, you know, be it wrestling or just life in general. And, you know, the you know, they pick wrestling and, you know, they went to college, you know, they graduated. You know, I'm very uh, proud of uh, my boys, what they've accomplished in life. You know, now I got grandkids. I got 13 grandkids. Wow. Yeah. From from my kids and so forth. So. My second part of my life now is being healthy to be able to, you know, uh, keep up with my grandkids. You know, my my boys and, you know, all my kids, their siblings, they're all doing fine. Everybody's, you know, you know, uh, got families, and they're doing well. I can't I can't right. complain for the life that these kids have chosen. And again, I just you know we know as professional wrestlers, at any given time something can happen. I don't want to get that call. I don't want to get that call because an accident happened in the ring or an accident happened on the road traveling. I That's my only my only worry 
is that that I I don't ever ever get that call. Yes, sir. You know. So, yeah. but yeah, but that okay. So, but hey, listen here, man. I know we've been going on for a minute. I want to thank you. Thank you for coming through. You just know that my place is your place. You know, I want to be able to sit and chit chat. You know, and uh, you know, we we can talk about uh oh well. Tell me about your podcast. What, what's the name well, of your I'm fans? Glad, can, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, where the fans can follow um, you because I know you've been doing some stuff in Texas. Yes, sir. Uh, we got the Fist to Face podcast out of Dallas, Texas. Okay. Yeah, so you can uh, log on to the World Wide Web. Follow uh, us on uh, Instagram, Fist to Face podcast, and that's with Brawler Boxing. It's a company out of uh, Texas. Yeah. So I've been holding uh, down my own uh, podcast as well, which is, uh, we want to get you on uh, together as well, and I won't ask you as Say many less. questions. Say we'll less. probably do 10 to 15 minutes. Say less. Um, but... But um, they they were just super stoked um, when they when the, um, your your name came up and they they really want you on board and um, okay. I, as far as do the episode. But um, I was just uh, really happy to come here today because um, I, I I love you I love you and Reno uh, I David too, I love man. you guys uh, family I'm and I'm so I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of your family uh, your son Samson who I've known since he was a little boy <laughs> he's like eight feet tall now uh, I literally need a, a step stool to say hello to him but um. Um, I'm just. I, I love your family, and I'm. I, I, I'm. I love Jacob Fatu yeah. with all my heart. You know, I, I, know, I know you're. You I know you're proud of him too. I'm proud of him. I've had a, a front row seat to see his success, and he's mm. been doing his best to stay on the, the the right path. And that's why you're seeing what you're seeing out there. Jacob Fatu is the hottest uh, Come on. indie wrestler right now. You Come go on. out there and you ask who's the hottest, and Jacob Fatu's name is up, is up there, and he trained at Knox Pro. And I believe, believe there's a reason why. Sefa Fatu can be at uh, Leonardo's downtown and in three years' time defeat John Cena at the Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Come on. Because of where they're, they come from and their teachings, I promise you that I'm living experience of that. Uh, before Thanks. I leave, I just want to say that um, Knox Pro has uh, helped me outside the ring. My life is so good Domino outside effect. the ring. Domino effect, Joey. Get yourself a good school, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to uh, train, I mean, you come to Knox Pro because it, it literally changed my life for the better. Uh, I have best friends for life uh, because of Knox Pro, everyone included. Um, I love you, and thank you very much for having me here tonight. Well, we love you, Joey, and uh, don't be a stranger. and Don't wait so long to come back. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's another podcast for tonight, another episode. It is Rikishi Fatu off the top. Make sure you keep it locked and make sure you share, like, and comment on below because you never know who's watching that. Okay, keep it locked, and we out. You want to bring awareness to your business? All you got to do is hit the link below, and then guess what? Rikishi Fat 2 Off the Top Podcast will be promoting you. It's time to smarten up. It's time to say things that people are scared to say. It's time to bring you on into my home so you know what time it is. In the locker room, in the hip-hop world, in the wrestling world. You might even come into my kitchen.